It's here in the city. It's here in the city. This is here in the city. This is here in the city. I'm Sarah Harris. I'm Sarah Harris. New message. Truth should be truth. But then it depends on, in the telling, whose truth is it. We're here most Tuesdays. We're not on Tuesdays anymore. We're on Mondays. Lunes, los lunes a las dos de la tarde. At 2 p.m. Bringing you radio realities from the urban landscape. And mapping the city with voices of creative social change in and around Los Angeles. En KPFK. On Pacifica Radio, powered by the people. Thanks to the generous support of you, our listeners, the capable crew at KPFK, the innovators of web-based radio at SoundCloud, news you might have missed at newsdesk.org, and the community-funded reporting project, Spot Us. You can find us on the web at here in the city. That's H-E-A-R in the city.org. I'll say, we're in a car, we're in a van actually. (laughs) This is Here in the City, I'm Sarah Harris, and I am here with... Aaron Thomas. And we are at? Mar Vista Gardens Public Housing Facility in the Mar Vista neighborhood of City of Los Angeles. So what is it about this spot? Like what brought you here from Northeast Trees, your urban forestry organization? Yeah, Scott Wilson, former public school teacher slash certified arborist slash landscape architect, founded Northeast Trees in 1990, and over the years we've planted over 100,000 trees, built numerous parks, done all kind of habitat restoration and watershed improvements. So I'm here at Mar Vista Gardens because of our organization, Northeast Trees, received a grant from the state to plant 600 shade trees for the City of LA Housing Authority. And Mar Vista Gardens is one of the facilities, the projects as they're sometimes called. How many trees are you going to plant here? We're going to plant about 180 trees, almost 200 trees. But the unique thing about this site is that it has a lot of room for big trees and it happens to be adjacent to Bayona Creek as well as the Sepulveda Wash and so this is a good opportunity to, to plant native large native species oaks we have three species of oaks here and California sycamores and white alders wow sycamores need a lot of room they do in this in this particular facility there happens to be a lot of open space and room for big trees. They're not all like that. Uh, The last couple of sites we went to in Watts had very small lawns, overhead power lines, a lot of restrictions, so we had to plant mostly, you know, small to medium species trees. And uh, so we're definitely taking advantage of the space here to plant the trees we really typically want to plant, like oaks. You found where you're going? I found it. I can't get in, though. <laughs> it's locked. Oh, I'm Sarah. And so we can conserve energy and therefore conserve money by shading our, our properties uh, with, with trees. You 
just a little quick background. You guys live in this kind of uh, unique and interesting place. You may not be aware of it, but you know that the Bayona Creek is, you know, on the side of one of the, you know, part of the part of this uh, facility, and then the Sepulveda Wash is on the other. So you guys are in what we call a riparian, a naturally occurring area would be called riparian zone, areas close to rivers and streams. And there's a lot of work going on along Bayona Creek, which I hope you're aware of, like they're building little parks and starting to restore the banks and naturalize it. Much of this work is based on the work Northeast Trees has done years ago along the LA River, and now they're doing it along Bayona Creek, San Gabriel River, and a lot of the other waterways. Um, so anyway, to make a long story short, we uh, decided that it would be really great to plant all native trees here at Mar Vista. We've done hundreds, no, I'm sorry, thousands of, sh of tree plantings for the Housing Authority, from Watts to Pacoima, and we've never done exclusively native trees. I have a question. Mm -hmm. Do you replace trees? Because in front of my house, there's a, a tree, and like, um, like once a year, branches are always falling off. Yeah, big, it's a big one. Unfortunately, the grant that we have doesn't fund us to take trees out. That's something the Housing Authority um, would have to pay for out of their own budget. We're only budgeted to, to plant. But it's what you, you do ac actually bring up a good point. Part of the reason why it's important for us to plant these new trees is because a lot of the trees that you guys have here are already old and they're in decline. And they should, pr a lot of them will probably be dead within the next 10 to 20 years. So by planting the trees we have now, by the time those trees die, the trees that we've planted now will then have matured and then, you know, you'll have trees that'll be here for quite a while. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Today's not the only day you're planting trees, right? No, no, no. We'll be here for the next couple weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Would it be every day? Uh, um, uh, Tuesday, next week is Tuesday through Friday, and then after that we're going to go back to Monday through Friday. Yeah, but if it, if anyone wants to come out and volunteer, just you know call me on my cell phone and let me know, and um and I'll let you know what our schedule is at that time. How many people think they might be interested in joining Aaron and his group in planting some trees after school? I'm happy to give extra credit for garden design. That just right and do you always work with high school students when you can on the projects? We always try to involve the community on some level or another, whether it's through volunteer events, workshops, tree care workshops, um, handing out literature. But over the years, we found the more most effective type of community engagement is working with young people, um, especially in a lot of the population groups we work with the youngster the younger people have just a really important role to play in the family and in the community so if you can f give the young uh, people the information that they need to for example understand why we plant trees and how to properly take care of the trees that information can then get disseminated throughout the rest of the community you know um, I think you know, more effectively than than otherwise, um, and it's also an opportunity to give young people constructive, positive activities, as well as uh, whenever possible, we 
uh, if we have funding we we can hire and actually do formal training with them so that they have uh, you know, job opportunities that's pretty cool most of the kids the students live here in Mar Vista so you just walk over here to school where are we at right now so we're outside in the community garden the school community garden at Central High School in Mar Vista Gardens. Okay, so what are we doing here, fellas? So we have cilantro, lettuce, mm. carrots, um, all that's pretty new corn. You guys are getting ready for the summer tea. summer plants. Yeah, now, huh? summer plants. This tomato right here. Time of year. Yeah, growing off here. And then right here we put our like what is it called? Uh, Pumpos. Yeah, we put all our like lettuce and all our stuff, and then we go put it over there in that. It makes the the like rich soil. It mm -hmm. makes the soil more more nutrient. There you go. Yeah. Do you eat from the garden too? Yeah. Last time we had a guy and he made a lemon tea, the lemon tea leaves, and we were cooking them with all uh, meat in there, and we we're picking stuff out of the garden like salads, and we've been cooking stuff. That's <laughs> yeah. good, huh? Once when once you in can a while though, when they harvest. I think Mar Vista needs a larger community garden. This is great for the high school, but it'd be great if there was some communal area here where you could do this for like the residents to come down no, and actually grow. Oh, this was a school, a kid's school. It was a playground. Oh, okay. This used to be the swings and there used to be a sandbox over there. The, uh, the trees that I was telling you that were like the ones that's falling is like that one right there. Yeah. No, no, this one, this one's right here. Is they? The yeah. problem with a yeah. non-native tree is that they have a lot of, they get a lot of diseases that our native trees don't get because they don't have the uh, the same defenses. So, like eucalyptus come from Australia, they do really well in Australia, but then when you bring them here, there's things in our environment that can attack those trees and it makes them very weak over time. So we don't plant eucalyptus ever, ever anymore. Carobs, these ones behind you, also very, very uh, problematic. Where the branches break off sometimes after a certain age. Most of the trees here, these older trees you see, have problems that they should probably eventually get removed. Because you don't want them to fall on someone's house or hurt someone, you know. I were saying that there are filters. I didn't, I didn't really see see it like there are filters, but it makes sense, you know. Both for noise and for uh, dust particles and. Yeah, trees support, they're like at the top of the ecosystem. They like support more l organisms, more life forms, including human life, than any other uh, life form in the ecosystem. Yeah, like animals, like squirrels, you know, possums, all that. Birds, <laughs> I've been seeing it, yeah. And then all of the millions of microorganisms in the soil that, that live off of the roots of the tree. So it's really like an important part of the environment you know that's why we need more of them <laughs> keep our lives great. Good. yeah cool yeah it's a should good opportunity out. to come out and we'll show yeah. you how to plant it's yeah some of these trees actually live many hundreds of years so it's like when you plant something like that with your own hands it's a very special experience you're giving something back into your community back to the earth that can be there for hundreds and hundreds of years how long do the um, trees it's Earth Day today, and uh, it'll be Arbor Day at the end of the week. And these are, you know, these sort of occasionalist moments. But I'm wondering if you have 
uh, a special tree that you remember having planted in your time doing this work that that you ever go and visit that you have a relationship with I see that tree every day actually on my way to work it was a sycamore that I planted 20 years ago almost 20 years ago near the confluence of the Arroyo Seco and the uh, LA River and um, that tree is about 50 feet tall now (laughs) fast-growing tree but to me the sycamore is one of my favorite trees species in general and that one particular tree um, just holds a special place in my heart because I remember planting it so long ago in a very specific place that was significant to um, the mission of Northeast Trees and to see it have succeeded over that many years and to grow and mature um, makes it special. This is what it is. This is what it's going to be. You are listening to Here in the City on KPFK 90.7 FM in Los Angeles. 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara. 93.7 FM in San Diego. And 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. An archive and a podcast of our shows is at Here in the City, that's H-E-A-R in the City, dot org. And at kpfk.org, you can like us on Facebook. If you like. And visit us at our website, hereinthecity.org. And follow us on Twitter. What are you doing? I'm just watering the California sycamore. These specific trees need a lot of water. So I'm trying to suck very well the roots. Trying to put like probably like 20 gallons of water. Because I don't know if the neighbors will water. We leave like a little paper in the door so they can uh, water once a week. So that the tree won't die. I was gonna say that's a lot of water at one time, but can It it handle it? Yes. These specific trees, they live in the riparian area. So riparian means that they live close to the water, like to the, um, there's a channel right there. So if the channel will be natural, sycamores will be living next to the water. Oh, so you're putting a sycamore right next to the Bayona Creek where it would actually yes. naturally occur. Exactly. That's pretty cool. Yes. How old is this little tree? This could be like almost two years, two years. And if you put a lot of water, like less than five years, it'll be like, very thick and you provide a lot of shade already and do you talk to the the residents that yes, live we, here before you put the tree in no we talk to them after we plant in and then we try to educate what kind of tree are we introducing to the to the yard um a lot of the community they, they know that they they already know that tree because they go to a lot of parks so they see the same tree in the parks already matures so they know already um, but say, some neighbors say that some people they don't like to water, so but other neighbors say I water both trees, so we're, we're happy with it. Cause like the kids over there at the high school said that sometimes um, if you have a garden in front of your house, that the housing authority doesn't like it, so they want to come and like cut some of the plants down. To yeah, um, that's the, that, that when you got plant like this, they don't like gardens because uh, when the police is chasing, sorry, when the police is chasing people, they don't want nobody to be hiding. 
on the back of the gardens. That's why they don't want nothing to block the windows. Look for a fire hazard. So that's why, you know. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a controlled space. Yeah. But I mean, we plan different um, housing like Imperial Court and Nickerson Garden, and people they they like trees over there. Uh, we plant like 300 Nickerson Garden, and they look good. 95% of the trees that we plant they also survive. and that's a rough neighborhood. So that means right here is better. So I'm pretty sure all these trees will survive right here. Like that one right there. It looks like a miniature umbrella. Yeah, it's a happy tree, that one. Yeah, it is. So, cool. I mean, I'm happy. I mean, I, I, I do this job because I like to help the community, not because of the money or anything. I like to just put my mark. This this is the way I leave my mark. Like this, with a tree, nothing like, you know, like doing like a building or anything, just this. I like to plant, not to, not to make more houses or anything, just more trees, we need more trees, so that's what we do. What do you think of um, the whole idea of, of Earth Day in the United States, that there's like this day? Well, Earth Day, for me, is like any, any holiday, because Earth Day, Mother's Day, whatever, it could be all year round. So Earth Day, it could be any time you plant a tree in the ground, it's your Earth Day. So, you know, don't do it yet because it's a specific day. You gotta do it every day. Earth Day could be you picking up trash, you, um, Avoiding buying more plastic, that's your Earth Day, you know what I mean? So it's not just one chart, not just April, it's just all year round. It's the whole circle of life. What's your name? Josue. Josue. Yes. And you work with? Northeast Trees. So Northeast Trees, it has the name Northeast. And you've done a lot of work along the Los Angeles River over the years. Yeah, we're lucky at Northeast Los Angeles includes the area known as uh, the Glendale Narrows. So that's a stretch of the river between downtown L.A. and Griffith Park, approximately four miles of river that's soft bottom, meaning that when they channelized the river and poured concrete, the concrete could never set in that section. And so it allows a lot of uh, trees and plants to still exist in the river bottom. Um, and knowing that, many years ago, probably 15 years ago or more, we recognized it would be a good opportunity to um, start naturalizing the river even more than it already is in that section. So around um, the banks and planting native along trees? The banks, yeah. The only work we did actually down in the river bottom was removing things like Arundo Donax, which is a non-native, very aggressive uh, fast-growing weed that took, takes over waterways and but um, the planting that we do is along the, up on the banks of the river um, so we over the years you know we're made a name for ourselves doing a lot of these river projects well before you know a lot of the other organizations that are involved with the river um, now so what are some of the older trees that are along the river now that you, your organization, you personally probably have planted? I help plant many of them, yeah. Um, the names of, the, most of those are trees that we w would have been uh, growing along the river naturally. So um, those include sycamores, cottonwoods, coast live oaks, of course, and um, alders willows. The, these are all the native trees that would have been found in that area 
and we planted I can't even remember how many thousands in the thousands a few thousand trees in that four mile stretch um, and you just told the the students here at Central High School in Mar Vista a, a quite a bit about the benefits of trees like from the social to the air quality water quality reducing the urban heat island effect all of that um and i'm wondering you know over at the river in northeast los angeles by the glendale narrows and right here we're at the biona creek like what is there another benefit or something really um, wonderful about planting native trees along the waterways in Los Angeles? Well, there's the ecological benefit of planting natives. Uh, riparian areas are where you have a high concentration of, of you know, all kind of ecological activity. Animals obviously are, you know, gravitate towards water because they need it to survive. Um, that's where animals hunt for other animals. That's where animals go to drink and bathe. And to survive, they need the water. And so the trees that, uh, that are planted along the river are very um, important for that habitat, for that very uh, precious, very specific habitat zone. So it's just an increasing, it's, it's more important, you know, than in most places to go with the natives and, and riparian native trees in particular. Even um, though it's a big channel, a big cement channel, it still is, it's worth it to do that. Animals still use it. If you go down into the creek right now, you'll see all kind of birds. They need places to nest. They don't nest in the river. They usually come up onto the banks and go into the trees and nest. Um, they use the trees for hunting and other purposes. Uh, but I think there's another, a whole other aspect, which is sort of the historical, as far as humans go. Um, the river is where, you know, as human beings or animals as well, we built our cities and our um, villages and our, our own habitats near water. Um, and so there's a historical significance to the, the edge of the water, the edge of the rivers and streams here. And we're trying to preserve that as much as possible, or in some cases, uh, reestablish that historical quality. And by planting natives, I think it corresponds with that. We're bringing back kind of the historical significance of, you know, our waterways. And the native trees, the, the native people also along the waterways of Los Angeles, the Tongva, probably have used for centuries, millennia. Absolutely. And then later the Spanish and the Mexicans and everyone else who's lived here since then. So, um, you know, I think it goes with, it's like an identity. You know, we, our waterways have defined our identity as a, as a city, as a population group here. And these trees are, you know, part of the part of these uh, these waterways. It's the it's it's the natural landscape that that occurred here for time immemorial. So in a couple of months, the mayor will be on his way out, and either Eric Garcetti or Wendy Gruel will be on their way in to the to City Hall, and. I know Antonio Villarregosa had his ambitious Million Tree Initiative uh, eight years ago that he started. What 
how far has that gotten uh, from, I mean, I know Northeast Trees has been involved in it and almost every organization that does urban forestry in Los Angeles. Well, they, we didn't quite hit a million. <laughs> That's for sure. I think the latest count, we're close to 400,000 trees were planted. Um, the way I look at it as an urban forester is, hey, that's 400,000 more trees than we had before. In that sense, you know, any new tree is a success. And those are pretty big numbers, you know, by any standard. So um, I think what is important to remember is that in preserving our natural landscapes, preserving our and increasing our urban forests, is a work in progress. It's not something that happens quickly. It doesn't happen immediately. It takes time. If there's one thing that I've learned as an arborist, as an urban forester, working with trees is patience, persistence, and a sort of humbleness in the in in face of time. Trees can live. Certain trees can live hundreds or thousands of years, <laughs> um, but they don't grow quickly. They require ongoing care in an urban setting um, we have to constantly be planting new trees and taking care of the trees that we have right here check out the beer hubs these are the hub motors that are producing energy as we pedal and then it goes into back there there's a regulator. It basically smooths out all the energy that's coming in. And then a battery. There's a boat battery that we're using to store everything. And then in, there's an inverter that converts DC energy power to um, AC power, which then is powering the large PA system that we got here. Who invented this? It's all of us. I mean, I think, you know, we sat around and had this concept of wanting to produce energy. Um, I mean, I mean, I've been thinking a whole lot about this. I thought maybe we can reverse the way people relate to power. Instead of consuming it, we make it. What's your name? Oh, my name is Wendy, Wendy Sue. And what do you do for a living, Wendy? <laughs> I'm a postdoc, uh, postdoc fellow at the Center for Digital Learning and Research at Occidental College. And I'm sort of the, I guess, project lead of this thing. And uh, part of this sort of this concept design of the, of the project. That's a thought for Earth Day. Any movement can be energy. Every day can be Earth Day. It's here in the city. And we are here at the corner of 7th and Alvarado in the city of Los Angeles during Ciclavia. On Sunday, listening to the beats powered by movable parts. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, this is kind of the first iteration of the project. This is our prototype. Um, we're going to continue to work with Ciclavia to improve our system. And I think the next iteration will be more musical and more mobile. Um, one of the things that we want to do is to turn these bikes into instruments. We have some sensors embedded on the bikes already. And the sensors are taking data to basically affect musical changes, um, you know, tempo changes and uh, different sort of frequency changes to the sound. That's pretty amazing because it's like totally rudimentary. I mean, not yeah. it's simple. You've got a block under your front wheel. Yep. 
you've got the bike on a stand and you're catching the power through a few wires onto the battery. Yeah, it's totally, I mean, the whole thing is really uh, visible. I think the process of making this happen is really visible. And that's what we want it to be. I mean, we want it to be like totally visible and shareable. And you get your workout while you make power totally, exactly. to run your music. Exactly, yeah. I know, you get a lot done. Thank you. Thank you. We will be back next week with more radio realities from the urban landscape. Until then, you can find us on the web at Here in the City. That's H-E-A-R in the city dot org. I'm Sarah Harris. Signing off. To yapping on. When you go in and out, may you have peace and level and safe. Yes. Be safe. Peace. <laughs>